0: Hi, this is Life Coach David. Thanks for listening to the Law of Attraction podcast. And if you want to find out more about me and wonderful Law of Attraction life coaching, just go to lifecoachdavid.com. And I always offer a free mini phone coaching session to anyone who's seriously considering coaching. So you can tell me about you and I can answer any questions you might have. And if you were listening to yesterday's podcast, you'll hear that I manifested a free teeth whitening session with my dentist. And I did that yesterday and it was great. and my teeth look good. I don't think it's a drastic difference, but I'm still glad I did it. And then I manifested it for free. So that was kind of a fun thing to do. And I've had lots of wins, even today. It's not even 12 o'clock yet. I've already had lots of wins, and I hope you're having lots of wins as well. And as you know, we've been reading from Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting, written by Lynn Grabhorn. And she's kind of funny how she writes, and some of her words and terminology sounds a little dated, but the information is still really good. And it's useful law of attraction information that we can all use in our own lives to help us attract what we want and to help us just feel good, feel happier, because that's what it's all about, just keeping ourselves feeling as good as possible. And by doing that, we can't help but attract circumstances, experiences, and people into our lives that keep us feeling good. So I'm going to continue now reading from the book, and now we're already on chapter seven, and this chapter is called The Force Is With You, Step Four. A few decades ago, when I was much newer to life and very new in California, I drive day after day from the San Fernando Valley over beautiful Coldwater Canyon into Beverly Hills, where I had a funky job in the corporate office of a major aerospace company. I adored the drive, but not the job. However, it wasn't the right time in my life to be rocking boats, since most of my energy was going into working my new Alcoholics Anonymous program, and I was loving every moment of it. For two years, I drove the canyon, searched for things to do on my job, and had a blast getting sober in Los Angeles, and then I got bored. One beautiful afternoon, as I was enjoying the drive back to the valley past the gorgeous homes of Beverly Hills, I said out loud to the power I thought then was only outside of me, Okay, higher power, let's see how well you operate. I'm bored at work I want to do something else. Give me an idea. In fact, if you'll just give me the seeds, I'll plant them. Without realizing it, I was in that perfect feeling place where my frequency was higher than a kite, loving my drive, enjoying the scenery, feeling at peace with the world, yet a little feisty with this being my AA friends and I called higher power. Sort of like All right, Buster, either put up or shut up. But the statement was sincere and shot out into the ethers powerfully, magnetized with high vibrations of impish feel-good. The next day on my way to work, I went through the same routine. Just give me the seeds and I'll plant them. And again, coming home, I didn't know squat about vibrations or flowing energy, and sadly, I didn't know a thing about my own power or that the power out there and I were one and the same. As far as I was concerned, the head honcho was separate from me, that wise force of good I was quite sure was running my life. All I was doing was powerfully, though unknowingly, focusing on a want and testing my higher power to see if it was really there to lend a helping hand. Then, one wondrous homeward bound day, as I crested the top of the hill where the vista explodes into a thrilling sea-forever panorama, the idea hit me, and I do mean hit. I felt as if I had been socked with a cosmic two-by-four. The idea was to form an educational publishing company using the very new and highly innovated audio tape cassette. After all, it was 1965. Most of the world had never heard of a tape cassette, And I didn't have a clue how to form a company or make things start to happen. No matter, every day coming home over the hill, I'd recite, okay, higher power, you just keep giving me the seeds and I'll find ways to plant them. And sure enough, every day without fail, going back over the hill to work, ideas would be going off in my head like roasting popcorn. I was envisioning magazines on tape auto-tape tours of national parks, sales training programs, and programs for school kids. For as long as I took that drive, ideas seemed to envelop me, because as long as I took that drive, I was in a feel-good place. My valve was wide open, and inspiration was easy to access. The spiral had begun. The more the ideas poured in, the more excited I get, And the more excited I get, the more the ideas poured in. It was buzzing without even knowing it. People who knew about audio tape cassettes and forming companies started appearing out of nowhere. Financial people, legal people, technical people, marketing people, all poking their heads up out of the blue. It was incredible. I finally left the aerospace company to form Listener Corporation and we became one of the pioneers in dispensing information via the innovative new audio-tape cassette. But pretty soon the excitement wore off. The fear of making it on my own took over, and my flow of inspiration dried up like a desert after a flash flood. The long, slow downward spiral had begun, even in the midst of our growing renown. We were the first company to put auto tours on tape for national parks, and they bombed. We were the first company to put an original monthly business magazine on tape. That took a year before it fizzled. We were the first to have business-related materials on headsets in transcontinental flights, and that bombed. (laughs) We were one of the first to offer high-powered sales motivational trainers in package form to various industries. That also bombed. The formula was simple. Fear within me that these things wouldn't work equaled they didn't. We finally found our niche with a much less public and far less fearful program, in-service training packages for elementary teachers, as well as audiovisual education materials for elementary education. We became well-known, highly respected, loaded with happy sales reps and delighted customers, and I could barely make my mortgage payments. I'd bang, I'd whack, I'd pound, I'd hammer and I'd push any way that came to mind. I was high ho silvering all over the place. Yet the harder I tried to attack a problem, the slower would be our progress. Our new programs were receiving electrifying raves coast to coast, and with good reason. They were extraordinarily good, utilizing the finest educational minds of the day and the most innovative approaches to learning. But rave reviews notwithstanding, not one of our programs ever soared into the heady land of really big profits. All I could do was think, what else can I do, do, do to make this happen? The harder I worked, the more fearful I became. And of course, the greater my fear, the more resistant I was to the energy of well-being, so the more I was magnetizing my fears of less than smashing sails. Intuitive guidance had gone out the window. There was not the tiniest crack for my expanded self to jump in with those fantastic non-stop tips I had once received. I shouted constantly at the so-called higher power, testing it where it could get off and vibrating so far out of alignment that I might as well have been non-existent. I seemed to be right in the middle of that old saw. The worse it gets, the worse it gets. Brother, was that ever true? This went on for 13 years until exhausted and totally disconnected from anything remotely resembling my source of well-being, I sold the company and tried to run away to an isolated hideout up the coast by the sea. Instead, I ran smack dab into the lowest, most painfully disconnected years of my life. From that dark place came the fervent knowing of what I surely did not want any longer, and soon there blossomed the years that were to become the most fantastically beautiful of my life as I began to discover my expanded self. The only reason I'm recounting this from great to grim story is because it's a classic demonstration of the hugely different outcomes that occur between inspired action and fear-based action. With the former, we sail off into happy land, with apparently very little effort, as I did when getting the company started. With the latter, we can push and shove and strive and hustle until the cows come home, only to end up going either nowhere or down. And that's the end of that section. And that's an amazing story. When when she was just feeling good and free-flowing her energy and connected to Source, all these wonderful ideas were coming to her. And then when she started getting into the fear-based mindset, everything started tanking. So that's a good lesson for us to learn from, again, to just keep ourselves feeling really good about what we want, feeling excited about it, asking for information. A lot of times when we ask for information from the universe, when we're in the right vibration, we get wonderful ideas. We get the answers we're looking for. Like energy attracts like energy. So when she was in her fear-based mode, of course things started tanking because she was in fear. And fear is one of the lowest vibrations. So I'm so glad that she recounted that story for us because it's great that we all can learn from it and hopefully not have that happen to us. And the next section is called Inspired versus Whacking. There's one of her funny titles again. (laughs) Whacking? I guess we'll find out what that means. Okay, inspired versus whacking. Most of us have always had this notion, well, it's more than a notion, we were raised that way, that in order to obtain the things we desired to have, we had to match the level of those desires with equivalent personal efforts. In other words, if all we wanted was an ice cream cone, that would take only a minimal personal effort on our part. If, on the other hand, we desired to become the first governor of our state heading a brand new political party, we would gear ourselves up for an entirely different level of personal effort called push and shove. Indeed, we have always believed that in order to even come close to obtaining any of the larger, more significant things we desired beyond ice cream cones, it has meant either knocking our brains out to obtain them, or forgetting them altogether. But, knocking our brains out means we're into high ho silvering with grossly uninspired actions. It means we're operating from a purely physical, pushy stance. It means we're into gadas and shoulds. It means, in a nutshell, we're forever trying to push rivers upstream, blindfolded, without our own higher guidance. It means we're operating with very closed valves causing the kinds of internal stress and negative energy flow that can't possibly produce our desired results. It would seem then that the logical approach to getting where we want to go or making things happen the way we'd like them to happen, is to operate off of guided inspiration instead of the negative vibrations of social conscious stress. How do we do that? Where do we start? How do we stop whacking? Well, First comes the inspiration, the ideas. They come because you've been spending more time in those higher frequencies, feeling good, buzzing, and turning on. Then, after flowing goodly amounts of feel-good energy to one or more of those great new ideas, you start to act on them. Yes, but now from a place of hallowed inspiration rather than negative pushing. And so your actions now become as inspired as your idea. And everything that's coming to you is coming from a place of high frequency. Then, yaoi, something amazing begins to happen. No matter how complex or involved the ideas seem to be, you find them falling into place and flowing along with the ease and sureness of an uninterrupted mountain stream. And why not? Your ideas were inspired. Now, too, are your actions to bring those ideas into reality, all from your higher frequency energy flow. Let's say one day you're just bipping along, feeling great, and you get an idea. It's a fantastic idea. Just the kind of thing you know would work if you only knew how to do it, or had enough money, or enough education, or enough support, and on and on and on. There are only two ways you can go when you get a bucketful of guidance downloaded on you. You can say, oh, that's just nuts. A good idea maybe, but, and promptly you'll close your valve. Or you can decide to shut up and listen and trust what you're getting. If you've been regularly starting some once and your valve has been open more than usual, you can bet you'll soon be receiving guidance in the form of ideas to help direct you towards those wants. If you decide to go ahead with one of these ideas and follow the course of activities that will continue flowing into you as hunches or concepts, you'll be going into action, yes, but now we're talking inspired action versus high ho silvering. Inspired ways to accomplish your goal inspired activities which will be fun, inspired techniques and methods which you'll find yourself performing with the greatest of ease instead of trying to push everything upstream against an unyielding current. So when inspiration hits or an idea for how to further your want just happens to slip in one day, start thinking in can-do rather than yeah-but. Never mind the how-to. They'll come once you relax into that higher frequency. Instruction books always accompany inspiration. Now the flow begins. What it might take a disconnected person years to do, you whiz through in a few months. Guided only into the most productive activities by your thoroughly jubilant, expanded self. And that's the end of that section. And I don't know if you're hearing it, but some of her writing is very... Very tongue twisty, (laughs) especially when you're trying to read it out loud. But anyway, again, the message is really good. When we come from inspired action, everything feels good. Everything lines up. It all just seems to happen. When we come from what she calls high ho silvering, remember she wrote a chapter about that, where things seem hard and we're kind of just flailing around trying to make things happen and we're not sure what we're doing and it doesn't feel good and it feels confusing, that's a place where we don't want to come from. We always want to come from inspired action because that feels really good. It feels easy. Things just line up. We just trust it's all going to work out, and it does. So I hope that anyone listening comes from inspired action when you get an idea to do something instead of a have-to action because that have-to action is usually high ho silvering is what she's talking about, where it doesn't feel as good. You may want to listen to this episode again, just to get clear on the ideas, but use this information in your life so you can make decisions coming from inspired action. And you can tell it is because it feels really good. It feels exciting. It feels easy. It feels like, yes, let me get to this. Thanks for listening. And if you want to experience some wonderful Law of Attraction coaching, you can go to lifecoachdavid.com and contact me through there. And I always offer a free mini phone coaching session to anyone who's considering coaching so I can find out about you and you can ask me any questions you might have. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful high vibration day.